You know what's great, Karen? Typically, each every podcast we do, we narrow our demographic of, of listeners. <laughs> but today, today I feel like you've turned a corner and you've expanded it. And you've expanded it to include the lunatic fringe now as well. Welcome to One With Thought with uh, Kieran and Vijay. Each week, uh, Kieran and I go through and regurgitate and... Oh, no. Oh, no. That's awful. I can't do the cheese, guys. I'm, I'm falling apart on the cheese. It's okay. I think I think our listeners will understand. Don't worry about it. How, how long did we last? Three weeks? And, Three and weeks. I blew it. And I blew it. You know, yep. to do cheese. We'll have to think of a new intro from next Next okay, week. well, okay, let me reset then. Okay, welcome to the uh, One With Thought podcast with Kieran and Vijay, where each week we uh, go through and, and explore a weird idea. And the way we do this is we take turns writing uh, a Substack article, uh, and then the two of us get together and really explore this topic thoroughly. And if I say there was one theme that these topics all have in common, it's that they're weird, hence the title, One Weird Thought. So uh, today's topic is about a mythical drug, perhaps not mythical forever, called Immortalium. And Immortalium is a drug that lets you live for 200 years. And today we're going to discuss the implications of living to 200 years. We're not going to get into the science of it because, quite frankly, we don't have a clue how the science would work. But we're operating under the assumption that there's a medication that if you take it allows you to live to 200 years. And we want to understand what this would mean to, to you as a human being, to your family, to society, to government, to the economy, and uh, come to a conclusion, you know, uh, see how we feel about this. Uh, On the outset, Vijay, I, I feel kind of great about it. it. It sounds too good to be true. If someone if someone handed me a drug to so I could live to 200 years, I would I would take it immediately. Now the societal yeah. the societal implications are very interesting, but unfortunately, it seems like the individual incentives go against the societal incentives. I'm I'm excited to explore this with you. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Right, we do have up against a couple of tensions. Right, which is what's good for a business versus what's good for overall business. What's good for an individual yeah. versus broader society, right? And today we'll explore how those things clash. But before we do that, we're going to define Immortalium, the product, a little bit. It must be great being a product manager for a pharmaceutical company. You just like write down, hey, the drug yeah. needs to make people last 200 years. Don't make them sick. And it should be cheap. Drop the mic. Do do pharmaceutical companies have product managers, you think? I mean, I think everyone should have product managers. Are we essential? I thought we were essential so. at this point. I thought we were essential. Had they had us, we would have a drug like Immortalium already. Exactly. This is where they're going wrong. Ah. So um, so defining this drug, Immortalium, right? So Immortalium lets you live to, I don't know, 170, 200 years, right? But what does it mean to live to that long, right? Like, like what we're promising you is that your vital organs are all going to be A-OK, Right, that means your your yeah. heart, your liver, kidneys, but most importantly, your mind too. It will live uh, to two hundred years old. But 
there's limitations, right? Like things wear out. Your skin's not going to be that great. Let's face it. Right? There's uh, only going to be so much plastic surgery you can do. Right? Um, right? Your bones aren't going to be awesome. Your muscle, you know, is going to be droopy. You're not going to be able to do all the things that you could do when you were a mere 100 years old. Right? And so... So let me get this straight. When I'm 150, will I actually look much older than today's like 80 year old yeah, I'm afraid so. but why would my bones disintegrate oh i guess like a 90 year old or 100 year old the, the calcium loss from yeah, the bones yeah, yeah. makes them more brittle yeah i mean they're, they're gonna be not very mobile you know it, it'll be kind of weird in, in a way it could be hell right because you have this person who's a perfectly sound mind of sound mind and unsound body wow well framed Kira. well framed so that was the best I could do as a product manager defining this product, right? Is is you get a good mind out of it, your heart's ticking along, great. Everything else has kind of gone to shit. So now, Karen, now do you want to live to two hundred, knowing knowing that that's the situation? Oh, but personally, I, I feel like you described the the bronze package of two hundred years. Like to me, if I had proper medical insurance, VJ, I'd want to be able to hip replace, bo- leg replace, everything. Till I still have a sound body yeah. up till 180. But, but c- c- you know, I'm okay with living the last 20 like 20 years in in agony. But yeah. the first 180, dude, they they have to be good. So I, I think Kieran, all these replacements aren't that great today, right? I'm sure they'll get better and better, right? But you know, yeah. we're competing with God or or evolution, right? Like to uh, to try and. Um, <laughs> Right, to, to try and come up with replacement parts that are as good as the originals. Right. And so Yeah, yeah. I I see like, that. like my dad, like he had knee surgery a few years ago. And you know, he's moving around pretty well, right? Um, but he doesn't have the same flex like he lost he lost a few degrees of, of flexibility in his knee as a result of, of yeah. that knee surgery. So everything's just a little bit more compromised, right? What's the what's the timeline for this drug, Immortalium? What do you mean? Like when does it come to market? Yeah, as a product. As a, okay, you, Kieran, I'm a product manager. Timeline. Obviously, it must be delivered. <laughs> it must be delivered for holiday <laughs> refresh, 2024. Yeah, right? exactly. Which for our uh, listeners means you know, Christmas-ish, somewhere between September and Christmas, because you know what a great Christmas present yeah. Immortality would be, right? Um, That'd be such a great yeah, gift. Yeah. Oh, why do we should mistime it and it ends up showing up for Chinese New Year? Now that your first set of customers are like this population of already a billion people, right? So <laughs> you're you're off to a right, you're off to a bad start. So so that that's the basic premise, right? Of uh, uh, of of Immortalium, right? It's this drug. You know, you can live a long time, right? Um, and one of the results of it is that we end up creating these, this new class of citizens, right, who I label uh, SSCs in my, uh, in my article, right, which stands for Seriously Senior Citizens, right? And so, I, I love that label. Yeah. It is kind of crazy that we would have a whole different demographic were this, were this miracle medicine to come yeah. out. It'd be weird, right? Like, you can imagine, like, you know, let's say 50 to 75 years after the launch of the drug, right, when like, it's still common parlance to call somebody who's like, you know, 40 to 50 years old, middle-aged, 
yet it's nowhere near yeah. the new middle, right? And so it's, like, it's this novel colloquialism that would have to be explained in high school as to why we refer to these folks as middle-aged. Or the definition changes of middle age, and then as people are reading literature and somebody's referred to as middle-aged, like the literature teacher has to explain that actually in those days middle age meant blah, blah, blah. Right, because people only live to oh, eighty years old, right? Uh, and they're like, "Wow, yeah." Just like we think, you know, back to the olden days of like, "Wow, they only used to live to like fifty-five, right?" And uh, they'd be looking at us and say, "Wow, these poor guys only live to 80. Let's explore the lives of these SSCs, these seriously senior citizens. You know, on the upside, what incredible lives, right? They would have led, right? Because they would have seen the world go through." incredible transitions, right? Like, I mean, I'm 56 and I've seen the world go through incredible transitions. Like we were in Mexico City, we saw a payphone, right? And, right, that was kind of... It's been a while since I've seen a payphone. Yeah, right, and so, see, even you're old, right? And so... um, Yeah. But at least you know what I'm referring to. I know what you're referring to, but I don't think I've ever needed one. Ah, that's a difference, That's a difference. Right? Yeah, I was That's a user a of payphones. I can still smell the distinct urine smell that you would associate with a red, <laughs> you know, those red uh, phone boxes that they have in England? Uh, oh, yeah, classic. You know, and because like drunk people would always uh, urinate in them, right? So they always smell not very good. Um, That's terrible. Yes. They always seem so shiny and nice. I, well, that's because they've been they freshly would, like, urinated. No good, right? They've been hosed down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's not so. But but the point is, these people would have seen these incredible transitions, right? And they're like living, walking history books, right? Like if if we had SSCs today who were, you know, towards the ends of their lives. Right, they would have seen stuff from... They would have seen the Civil War. Yeah, actually, we would have had, we would have had former slaves. Oh, provided we got them on the medication. Yes, yes, exactly. The provided they actually got medication. Right? So the question is, like, what do their lives look like? Right? like? On the one hand, you know, as we discussed earlier on, they can't do all the things that like a 75-year-old could do. Right? Um, but, they're, but they're people who've seen stuff. Right? And, you know... They've, they've got sound minds, right, which they can use for things, right? Like, uh, you know, they can be knowledge workers, right? They can be managers. Do you actually see them having sound minds all the way past 130, 140? I mean, if... Or, like, would the same thing that happens to their skin and bones, like, you know, affect their mind? Oh, do you think that maybe what happens is, like, between 180 and 200, they start to degrade? Could be... Yeah, you know how it is. You write the spec, and then they get, okay. and then it gets ignored. It gets ignored, and things change. I, I actually, I didn't fully get this from the article, but like, how much of, like, how grounded is this in like the latest medical reports versus like how much do we get to make up as we go along? Well, so I, I think I purposefully chose. You know, I, I put a couple of links in there to articles. Actually, one of them was titled something to the effect of, you know, how you're going to live to 200, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, the answer wasn't a pill, right? It was 
you know, some changes in the way you live, right? Um, and some some and some investigations of other species that, that tend to live for a long time, right? So, uh, so it's possible, mm. right? But yeah. I chose to kind of operate under the assumption that it is real because if it is real, there's a lot of implications for us, right? Like one, what are these people going to do, right? Like as individuals, right? Being married to somebody for two, you know, or 150 odd years, that's a serious commitment. God. Right? Like um, that's a serious commitment. And I, I would suspect that most people aren't going to celebrate their 150 year anniversary, right? So maybe it becomes much more normal, even more normal than now, right? Maybe 90% of people get, you know, married multiple times, like during the course of their lives, right? Because yeah. it's just a long time, right? Which means now family hierarchy and structure uh, changes, right? Uh, quite dramatically, right? You know, we talk about like kind of like blended families now, right? But uh, now they get... Oh, later. They get yeah. very, very blended. Crap. Or, or maybe they great grandma, great yeah, grandpa, yeah, yeah. And, totally, and that kind of we'll, we'll, they join a swinging community, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and um, we'll come back to the family structure in a second, right? But but then you know even think about other things, right? Like think about careers, right? And you know today, like we have a kind of we have a trajectory we're supposed to follow, right? We're supposed to you know go to school, maybe go to college get a job, get married, have kids, wait a while, die, right? And so, um, but now it seems like 170 years is a long time to have one career. It might not be plausible. It probably isn't plausible to have yeah. one career, right? And it sounds incredibly drainingly boring, right? Like imagine like, you know, you've put in, like, you know, you, you've worked on the line at Ford, Right, and for 30 years you've been doing this, right? And now, you know, make that 6x, right? That's, that's a long time to be doing that, right? So it's almost like you have to be able to reinvent yourself multiple times along this way, which... And I, I did like the idea um, in the article, which is you will go through the cycle multiple times yeah. rather than just extending... Um, you know, the learning phase yeah. of your life and then the working phase of your life. I, I agree with you. I don't think we're going to have like 40, 50 years of school and college to have a hundred year working life, then have like a 50 year retirement, right? I think we're going to have the same 20 years of education in some way. Yeah. And then uh, 10 years of working, 10 years off, 10 years of working, do something else, 10 years of learning something else. Yeah, and then, yeah. Um, you just keep doing pivots, man. Like, I think that's going to be super cool I, I, uh, for these 200-year-olds. <laughs> but, but, you know, I think that also depends on how you're wired. Like, like somebody like you is very wired for, um, like, is very comfortable and enjoys imbalance, right? And enjoys a non-linear life. Like, if you look at the way you live your life, right, it's, it's not a it's not a linear life, right? Like you didn't you didn't live the life I prescribed to you earlier on, right? Um, right, but a lot of people. I, I did until I was thirty. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Once, I think like I was very linear, and then uh, 
I, I, I will admit that it has gone nonlinear since then. Yeah. No, uh, um, for some people, that, that constant change might be difficult to, to, to deal with. And, and maybe it's really hard to deal with. Like, imagine, like, you know, at 90 years old going, man, I've got to, I've got to think about what I'm going to do for the next 10, 15 years. It's time to reset. Right. Um, like, when yeah. I look at my parents, like, the thing they, they're not looking for new experiences now. I read, and let me get the. So you don't think this this medication can affect um, what do you call it? brain malleability in any like way? Elasticity and things like that. Like like kind of. Yes, it need, I feel like it needs to be. It needs to allow for elasticity of the mind. Otherwise, like you said, man, like that last hundred years is going to be a chore, and I I think it'll drastically limit the usefulness of the drug. So we'll add that to our, um, and we'll add is, that to our requirements then. Yeah. It sounds important. Add that to the requirements. I'm going to do that. I think that's right? So that brain malleability is going to be done. So let's kind of, let's kind of dive into this a little bit more, right? So one of the things I was thinking was when you start thinking about who gets this medication and who doesn't, right? Um, in the US, right, what would happen? Like you would get it through your insurance, Right, but it's kind of, it's not in your insurance company's. Uh, it's, it, it is in your insurance company's interest to give you this, right? Because then they'd have to spend money on statins and heart procedures and all this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but they are going to have to supply you this medication for a long time. Right. Um, but of course, they're not going to be your insurance provider for, all, for your whole life either. So maybe they're like, hey, at least while you're my patient, you're not costing me any money, right? So maybe this is good, right? Um, but do you think that only richer people will get it then? Because <clears throat> things, you know, we dole out medication based on how rich you are. Like the, yeah. Right, the richer you are, the better the drugs you get, I think. Right, and so... Um, I feel like we could be the originators of conspiracy theories with this podcast, Vijay. Um, death panels. If you consider that... If, death what? panels. Remember death panels? How there were going to be death panels no. when um, they were debating Obamacare and Sarah Palin was talking about death panels. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, okay. I remember that. Basically, panels. like with, with Immortalium, right, the people who don't get it have been gone through a death panel yeah, and we decided they, these people are going to die. Right. <laughs> right. Which then brings you to, is there, no, does but it I'm talking a human about, right to have this drug? No, because I think, okay, let's say immortalium is highly resource intensive to me. Yeah. Right. I think, and if we're at all supply constrained, then it's obvious that, you know, there's only a small subset of people that are going to get it. But they won't want to advertise that the small subset of people are going to get it, right? So we won't even know that the drug exists. So here's my conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. DJ. This drug already exists, mm-hmm. and it's out oh, there. Oh, you think Bezos and those people are already using it? But there's that's the thing. The nouveau riche, which is Bezos yeah. and, and his friends, the people you know about are not the people who have this drug. Uh. These are going to be the people who you will not hear about. Uh. Because... There's there's no way of covering up a 200-year-old man today. You know what's great, Karen, is <laughs> typically each every podcast we do, we narrow our demographic our, of, of listeners. 
but today, today <laughs> I feel like you've turned a corner and you've expanded it, and you've expanded it to include the lunatic fringe now as well. So <laughs> I think so. Well done. I think we can finally get the lunatic fringe. Oh in my here. gosh! Well, I look forward to the lunatic fringe's questions about this and how they're going to start wondering how. We need to meme like Warren Buffett uh, and say that he's like already two hundred and fifty, and say like, "How did this man live in the in and." If you know anyone who's good at Photoshop, I think we can we can um, Photoshop his face onto like a Confederate soldier or like a Union soldier's so we, body. We can mid journey this. That's we could we could even mid journey. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Oh man. Oh no. So w- one of my concerns is like I believe right that these two hundred year old people are going to be in retirement for a long time, right? And that has some implications. I think you're right about that. Right? Yeah. That has yeah. some implications, right? Like, if you're going to be in retirement for a long time, you need money for that, right? Um, but I, I, I think you're overcounting how many people would want this drug. Now that we're talking yeah. through it, I, man, I think if I couldn't use my body, uh, a lot of these older folks are going to be kind of depressed, mildly depressed for, you know, 50 to 100 years, which is a whole lifetime. Yeah. Well, how about this? Um, how about... Because not taking the drug is a death sentence, right? Yeah. It's, it's actually yeah. a slow suicide, right? You are not, you are actively decided, you've put yourself in hospice care, right? And so... Um, and, but I think most of the world's major religions are going to be against this drug. In why the would they be against this drug? Because you're going against God's will. It's, that you're going against God's will. By not taking it, you are committing suicide. Yes, but by In taking slow it, you are artificially, you're artificially extending your life. So you can do God's worth on earth, um, the work on earth, for twice as long. Hmm. Actually, may, I think they'll be against actually, it. I I kind of agree with. Look, like I I think if they're against, I don't think the major religions are against transplants or anything, right? Like kidney transplants. No, just the Jehovah's Witnesses. Transplants, yeah. So, so you think they would be against this or yeah. not against this? I would actually, I still think that they're going to be against this. Like, it just seems like um, an affront to their God that someone can take a pill every day. And, and, and deny the will of God. It. Yeah, I, I, so I, I kind of deny wrestle with this a little bit, right, um, as well, right? And so do you think that at some point, like, I would see a movement springing up saying it's everybody's goddamn God-given right that they have this drug, yeah. right? And those could be like the Planned Parenthood equivalent people. Right, and then the other side would be the you, you know you're denying God's will by by putting this drug out into society. Um, and there's always side effects, though, right? Like, so I think th- those guys could highlight the side effects, and um, any drug like this, yeah. I bet, would reduce the quality of those of the years that of the earlier years. So, like, let's say you start, you have to start taking this drug at forty. Yeah. I bet 40 to 80 will actually be a depressed quality of life than you would have if you weren't taking the drug. Yeah, no. Um, so I, I'm just being realistic. Oh, oh you're being realistic, man. Like you're being realistic with, being with realistic. immortalium. I like it. So I, I had, a, I had a, <laughs> one of the things that struck me as we kind of started thinking through, um, uh, through the religious aspect of it was, do you think yeah. this results in more people going to heaven or more people going to hell? Because you've got a lot more time on earth now. Or do you think it all averages out? 
Oh, that's a great question. I think more hell. Because you have more chance? Because you're threading the needle, dude. Like, you know, the only people that are guaranteed, and this is going to sound a bit dark, are like, you know, those, like a, a baby that dies is just guaranteed hell. Right. Like, they well, they were in purgatory wrong. for a long time, right? Until they stopped in purgatory. Is there a purgatory thing? Yeah. yeah well, they, thing. Up until a few years ago, there was purgatory. And then they kind of had, For babies? yeah, then they had to rethink. Good. My God, what a marketing yeah, you gotta failure that was. your way in, man. Right. And so, um, <laughs> I mean, come on, baby, what have they, you done? They're convincing grieving parents that like their baby's in purgatory. Yeah. <laughs> kind of awkward. Oh, my So God. you can imagine like, like you know, at the memorial service, they're like, you know, and little Tyler is in, in heaven now. And, and the priest is kind of cringing. Not yet. Yeah. Not yeah. Yet. Right. The priest is kind of cringy. Kind of awkward. Right. Um, but, but, right. You, you know, maybe it comes down to look, do you think older people are more evil or less evil than younger people? No, I don't, I don't think they're evil. I just think there's so many more. It seems like heaven is threading a needle. Whereas hell, there's so many ways to fail and just end up in hell. You know, um, I don't think everyone in hell is evil for what it's worth. I think there's obviously some evil people, but, you know, some people just uh, they drove their car too much. Uh, they accidentally might have run into a deer and that, that, you know, put them in hell. I don't know, man. Like it does. It just seems like there's lots of failure modes that can that can uh, lead to hell. Oh, you think the default um, is hell? I think that's the default. Yeah, for sure. I think you're right. Is that not the case? I think case? you're right. Like, I feel like you have to prove yourself yeah, yeah. worthy I mean, of going to hell. Before baby didn't even get in, what did the baby do? Puked on a few people. Dude, I, man, that's actually news yeah. to me. I thought the baby was the only guarantee I think it depends on heaven. But this is not yeah. the purpose of this uh, discussion today. Right, so... Um, we have gone way off we the have, rails. We have, um, so um, I wanted to, to get into like the economics and business and governmental challenges, right? So, um, yeah, but they seem vast. Like when I think about yeah. how much this would change, I don't think the modern nation state, like the political ramifications are massive. Um, I just don't think society would survive this kind of massive change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, I mean, right, the number of people on earth goes up. Right, like especially as as you get to the point, right after twenty yeah. years, the pan the pants expire, right, and you can stop producing generics, right, um, and so at a macro level, the population on Earth will explode, right. Um, I mean, at some point, the birth rate would plummet, right, like right. too many people. But what forces that to happen? Shit, money. I think you're you're seeing it yeah. already. I actually like. You're already, we're already seeing birth rates fall. And that's, that's because people want higher quality of life. I think you're right. They would fall, right? Because like in, in the arc, we get into this notion of having these hyperextended families, right? Like, uh, like in India, yep. like in yep. Mexico, only on steroids now, right? Like where it's now, it's my great, 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 great grandfather, right? And you can see this kind of pyramid of people that are being supported by a handful of people underneath. Right now, then the question is like, do I have another, do I create another mouth to feed? Right, is that an investment? Because that can be somebody else to help prop up yeah. all these people above us. 
right? But like yeah. everybody has to be producing enough to support, not just themselves, right? But you know, this chain of people, right? They own a percentage of the people above them, right? So um, I think like, and the the whole GDP, um, like our current society depends on a constant growth rate of something, right? Like yeah. seven to eight percent. And so I think a technology like this is kind of needed to just like keep pushing that growth rate because we have other technologies that are coming out that'll actually, that'll be deflationary. Yeah. So something like AI, yeah. AI is extremely deflationary, right? Yeah. Like it, it is super cheap. It pulls a lot of people out of needing, uh, out of a yeah. job well, and you need something like this to prop more This, this is up. many more consumers, right? Like that, that we're bringing, many right? more that consumers. we're bringing to the body, right? So, so yeah. that's good news, I guess, right? But I do think like the government would be under pressure to limit access to immortality, right? And I feel like there's this tension, there'll be this tension on the government between making it broadly available because that's what people want. People are going to want access to a thing that keeps them alive. And yeah, the recognition that this is a wrecking ball, right? I, I just think this is like a a spark. This is like a fuse that could just blow up many governments. Because think about the number of scandals that will that could emerge if you have a miracle drug like this that the government has to control. It's just like a recipe for disaster. Um, the first scandal that comes out that even accuses someone in government from hoarding this that, yeah. that accuses them of hoarding this drug. So and it's game over, dude. You're going to have riots in the streets. So, 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 You're going to have so you, governments you, you overthrow. You have no choice, right, but to do everything they can to make this available to everybody. I don't think government survives this. Like, I don't think they can be the ones regulating the drug. I think they're going to push the blame to the pharmaceutical companies. And then those guys are incentivized through um, just sheer economics and volume to pump out as many of these drugs as possible. You know, the only saving grace for humanity is if immortalium requires some like really precious resource that is tough to get, and then then it'll be resource constrained so that you I, know, I, well, I, I think not even everyone... the even the business right the kind of government pressure is is complex right because on the one hand the maker yeah. of immortalium is like let's go because all that money that goes to statins is all mine now right all that money that goes to insulin yeah. that's all mine now. Right, and I'll give some of it back. No, that right, I'll give some of it back. That opportunity is huge. Right, but yeah. all the providers of those other drugs will kind of bring their lobbyists to bear, right, and try and push back. I say, hey, you know, yep. what about us? Think about all the poor people who will be out on the street without jobs producing these stands if you produce immortality. I mean, they're probably not going to go that way. I think the those companies are going to fun lobbyists about the ethical considerations. So I think they're going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they, they're going to be able to block this for, you know, years if it actually comes out. But you just need one good quality populist movement around it and you're going to break through. That, yeah. Right? It comes back to exactly. populism again. Yeah. Right? But it's crippling for the government. Right? It's crippling for... Right? Because those people are going to need... Like, even though they're a sound, sound mind, right, they're going to need... Uh, assistance, right? Uh, uh, initially in home, right? Which is, you know, in the article I called out, it was 19,000 a year. Right now is yeah. what uh, it costs per person, 
right? For long ter- long term, like daily care assistance, right? Um, that's a lot of money, right? Uh, to come up with every year, right? Uh, I mean, we're not even set up for this. Like, as soon as the first generation of folks takes this drug, I think in one in two or three generations just like all the basic systems are going to like fall apart right like social security won't make sense medicare won't make sense it's just no no it'll be horrible man yeah yeah i i can't see any of those systems surviving when i was people living to 200 uh, when i was in mexico we drove past some favelas and and the tour guide was explaining how and this kind of reminds me of india you know they you get these kind of like family compounds and like you know, each generation will kind of like build a story, build a story on top kind of thing. And um, yeah. it struck me that this is what would happen here as well. Only instead of being like three or four stories tall now, right? These are, these are like kind of 20 story buildings with just one family in them. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, so, so I, I think that'd be interesting, right? Um, by the way, uh, the diabetes market, is $327 billion. I didn't know it was that large, but yeah, yeah. I saw that. Uh, and then there's um, two, there's 277 in the dementia business. Um, I mean, we're, Immortalium is clearly hovering at around the $1 trillion mark already. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's two drugs, right? I just pulled off the top of my head, right? And so, um, yeah. so and, and look, you know, you could say that government would ask Whoever produces drug to give us back something, right? And so maybe they give us back, depending on who's in power, right? We get very little back. But no matter who's in power, we're going to get very little back, right? Maybe we get, yeah. I don't see what we get back out of this. We get forced the issue, right? We, like the FDA is not going to approve the drug unless you give us thirty percent. Of the six hundred and fifty billion dollars, but that's why like working conditions have to change. Like all these people who take Immortalium are going to have to work till they're one hundred and thirty or something crazy like that, right? There's not going to be a formal retirement anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, what do you think about so many things would have to change? What do you think about Medicare kind of balancing out like kind of ethical and financial considerations by capping Immortalium? Uh, subsidies uh, until the age of 95. Yeah, it's it's awkward, right? Like you are, at that point, you are effectively handing death sentences out at 95. It is awkward. It is awkward. Whoever was on yeah. there. But they're not going to die at so, 95. You know, um, and you know, you're more than welcome <laughs> to go get it on the, go get it on the free market. You can see everybody going to Mexico to go get their Immortalium, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Oh man! So, uh, Karen, like it, I wrote this conclusion right at the end of my Substack article, which I'm not sure I I agree with anymore. And what I said was, "Well, it's pretty pretentious quoting yourself, isn't it?" Which is what I'm about. Just, I'm about to do it. I just want re- everybody to recognize yeah, my self awareness that what I'm doing is a bit pretentious, <laughs> right? Uh, right, but um, right. What I said is, look. Immortality is inevitable, right? As a society, we're terrible at quashing innovation, even when it can lead to terrible outcomes for us. Even when there are huge, obvious existential threats to society, we can't stamp out innovation. 
Like we can't even kill Facebook, even though it undermines democracy through its dissemination of misinformation. Right, so that's what I wrote. I don't know if I agree with it, right? And the reason why I don't think it's inevitable is I feel like change is gradual, right? And for the most part, right? Like, um, like we're, we were edging gradually, right, to increasing yeah. our life expectancy, you know, just a little bit year, right, year over year. And it plateaued and actually dropped over the last few years of it, right? Um, but if you look over the grand arc, right, and we say, okay, generally speaking, we're just gradually getting better and better at this, right? That means that there won't be a single thing, there won't be a single drug called immortalium that gets us to 200 years of age. It means it's this collection of things, right, that happen that allow us to live to 200. So the power is not, it's not centralized anywhere, right? And therefore, right, there's not one obvious thing that everybody fixates on that gives us the right to live to 200. Oh, yeah. So that's a good point. Maybe, maybe we'll be okay. If it's not centralized, if there's no way of controlling it, and it happens gradually, we'll be in good shape. If it happens quickly, like a new technology, then we might be screwed. Mm -hmm. So, so Karen, at the beginning of the discussion, right, we had opposing views on whether we would want to take this drug or not, given the option. Yeah. Um, are you still a big fan? Like, are you in? Would you do this? I think I'm into like a hundred. I'm hoping. See, there, there's an age that I cannot see today at, at my tender age of 32. I cannot see the age when I'll want that. Well, I'll feel like my time here is done. But I think, hopefully, my hundred-year-old self or my hundred and ten-year-old self or one twenty, at some age when my body is falling apart, my mind is still sharp, I'm able to walk off into the forest and stop taking immortalium. Well, you would use your electric... Um, and I, I hope I realize You'd have that. to use your electric wheelchair to wheelchair yourself into the forest. I will wheelchair into the forest, yes. Right. Um, so, yeah, I could see a scenario where I feel like it's too tempting not to take it. So you start taking... I would take it. Initially. Yeah, I see. And I yeah. think that's what would yeah. happen. Like, we would all take it and maybe there's this there's this cultural event, right, where where Fred has decided that um, it's time for him to hang up the old immortalium, right? And it becomes this kind of cultural moment, right, this societal moment, right? Uh, you know, there's yeah. a nice pie, and Fred takes his last immortalium pill, and... It's, it's a moment of celebration because we know that uh, that uh, Fred's not going to be around for much longer. Wow. Right? That's kind of a beautiful thing if you think about it. I, I, I think it, it I, changes the meaning of death. It, it changes our relationship with I, death I think so too. As a species. Although, let me ask you this. Fred's organs are all A-OK, right? So if Fred makes a decision today to stop taking these drugs... Right, we've seen people who can thoroughly abuse their bodies and manage to keep ticking along for a long, long time. 
So is it like, you know, 60 to 75 years before Fred actually pops his clogs after he stops taking Italian? No, I mean, again, being realistic, as realistic being as realistic. possible with an immort- immortality drug, I would think by the time you've taken this for five, ten mm. years, your body's already heavily dependent on whatever magic juice this immortalium drug is giving mm. you. And so I would give Fred tops a year to survive. So, and I, I think that's... Um, Which actually works out well. That's an interesting yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, Fred doesn't want to stick well. around anymore. Like he's done with it, right? But it's going to be, it's yeah. actually going to be a nice kind of fading out, right? Like like a conscious decision to fade out. I think we should give them, give anyone who stops Immortalium a nice little sailboat or maybe like a hut in the forest that they can go off to, go off to and then they're just never heard from again. And that's like a send-off party. Wow. Like everybody hugs, hugs Fred. Everyone hugs. Bye, Fred. Yeah. Fred. We just send him on, off on a boat. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a way to end it. Um, that's a way. Man, what a cool idea. Yeah. I. It's a weird thought, Vijay. I, I think people have thought of immortality fondly for most of uh, for most of civilization, but to really think through the political and economic ramifications, that takes a that takes a certain level of weirdness, man. Well, Kieran, uh, another one in the bag, another problem. I'm not sure whether we solved one or created one this week. <laughs> I, don't think, I think we created like 10 problems in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, you know, thank you listeners for listening. Uh, you know, if you have any thoughts uh, on this topic, any ideas on how to build this thing, um, drop uh, Kieran and I a note at onewiththought at gmail.com. Yeah, please do. It was great talking. Yeah, always great. See you in the next one.